I'm enjoying teaching on healing. I hope you're enjoying it too. I hope you do. And, uh, you know, I made this comment last week that when, you know, I got born again, I knew that God could do some things, but I didn't have anybody to help me understand that yes, about healing. A lot of other things too, I might add, but I'm just teaching on that today. And I just began to go to the Bible and I just talked to Jesus and I said, I know you're capable. <laughs> you can take a guy sticking a needle in his arm every day for three years and carrying a gun and acting crazy. You certainly have delivered me from all that stuff and give me my mind back. See, you don't know me back then. My wife's the only one that would know me. My brain was shot. I mean, I just couldn't remember anything. I mean, all the memory banks were burned out or something from drug abuse. And I said, I just know you could heal people. I just don't know how to cooperate with you. I just don't know how. See, because I went to church, and didn't teach you. What you're not taught, listen to me, you don't know. And what you don't know, you can't have. That's not being rude. That's just being honest. And any person that says otherwise is a liar. You go to hell for lying, too, you know, not just committing adultery and being a drug addict. You know, God wants everybody in his kingdom. He wants everybody. I'm not down on anybody. But I'm just saying, you know, people don't know things. And it seemed like they would have studied. Yes. <laughs> you know, I just barely made it through high school. But, you know, I just went on and I said, well, I'm going to learn some things. And I went to seminary and they didn't teach me much either. Come on. What a sad commentary. It's true, nonetheless. But anyway, I, I'm going to start this by telling you a story. You know, back in the day, I don't do this anymore, so don't ask me to do it. But, you know, people would ask me, would you go pray for Sister Connie? Well, who's Sister Connie? Well, she's a cousin of Sister Mary, and her, Mary's brother goes to our church. Oh, my gosh. what? It's like 12 removed, you know. Right. So I said, well, what's wrong with her? Well, she's had surgery. She's got a trachea. Uh, she's in a bad way. And at that time in Charlestown, they had a hospital, Charlestown, Indiana. And I went, found a room, introduced myself. I said, I'm Pastor Jacobs from such and such church. And so-and-so that knew so-and-so that knew so-and-so asked me to come see you. And I wanted to talk to you about healing. And she put her finger in her trach because you have to do that to talk. And she says, you can get the blankety blank out of this room. And I said, well, ma'am, if you give me a minute, I could help you. And she said, what about Job and Paul's thorn? I said, if you give me a minute, I could teach you something. She said, you something, 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 and gave me some hand signs that I'm not going to show you. <laughs> you know when you cut somebody off in traffic that goes to the other church? They got a little gesture out the window. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm being honest. I, I went there in good faith. I don't do that for people anymore unless God would supernaturally speak to me. And he has a few times. And we've got people healed like that. <laughs> One time a lady in my church. Well, let me get back to this lady. I don't want to ramble on you because I've got a lot to cover today. And all of it's important. Yes, now, I'm going to say a lot of things that I don't think that all of you know. But that's just because you don't know it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. I'm going to ruin some doctrines of men in just a minute. And show you an opposite truth about the book of Job. So when I left that room, she gave me the gesture, and she cussed me out pretty good. Not as good as my neighbor that time, but she did a pretty good job for a woman. She cussed me pretty good, and she wasn't about to give me any time. 
And I, oh God, this is God's my witness. I went and took the elevator. By the time I got to the first floor, I was crying. I walked out in the parking lot. I was still crying. I got to the car. I was still crying. I said, Father, I really wanted to help that lady. He said, stop that crying. Well, and the Lord said, it's evident she don't like you. And, he, and, he, and I said, well, what should I have done? He said, you should have left the room when she started cussing. I said, I want chapter and verse for that. He said, sure, Proverbs 14, 7. That's not in my list back there, so don't pull it up. It says, leave the presence of a fool when they have the words, lips of knowledge are not in them. Now, she had been told something. She had been to church enough to learn some unbelief. You're pretty rough. No, I'm just right. I'm just telling you as I see it, and some people even worse than that. <laughs> but I'm crying in the car, and God said, stop that crying. Next time somebody treats you that way, just turn around and leave, Michael. You know, you're, you're going to be able to reach her. She don't like you. He didn't tell me why. I don't, it doesn't matter to me why people like me or don't like me. I mean, I, I'm just bold sometimes if I need to be, and I was trying to try to help that lady. And the Lord said, well, you could pray for her. And I said, well, I tried to. He said, no, pray for God to send me to send somebody that she'll receive from. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you know, Matthew 9, I think. I'm just, rain, I'm just, these aren't scriptures we're showing up. We'll get to that in a minute. But it says, you know, call the Lord of the harvest to send forth the laborers into his harvest. Here's a lady that's sick, really sick, got a hole in her throat. And I don't remember the other symptoms she had. And she's cussing me, you know, taking energy to cuss me out instead of shut up and listen to me for a minute. Maybe I could have showed her something. I sure didn't know what I know today back then, but I knew this was wrong. Job and Paul's thorn, her thinking. She'd been to church enough to be taught that that's her reason. That justifies her sickness. Gosh, people are crazy. They don't know anything. I'm not mad about it, but it's pathetic. When you, you could go to a good church and learn something. <laughs> So I prayed and I said, Father, send somebody to her that she'll receive. Well, a guy in my church, he's went to heaven now. He was the, uh, what do you call it, respiratory therapist, and she had respiratory problems. And I prayed. I didn't ask him to go. I just said, Father, send somebody. His name was Bob. And he went into her room. And, and I think later I told him, you know, I was in this lady's room. He said, well, she's one of my patients. I said, well, praise God. And, you know, he led her to the Lord and got her healed. Yeah, amen. Yeah, but first thing she said, what about Job? Well, what about Job? Let's talk about it. I want to read a couple of comments just to get started here. You can put up 2 Timothy for me, whoever's running that back here. That's my first scripture, isn't it? But you have 2 Timothy, okay. But Job did not have the revelation which God has given us in the first two chapters of his book. Do you understand Job was written about the time Abraham lived? That's even before the Old Covenant with Moses, you know. So he spoke things he didn't understand. He's going to tell off on himself in his own book. I spoke about you, things I didn't understand. I did, I'm sorry. Well, good. You know, you might need to do some repenting too today if you're thinking about God in the wrong way. He can't help you if you got him the heavy. All right. Number two, Job did not have the fuller revelation of God and his character, which we have revealed to us in the New Testament. We're going to look at all these scriptures, so hang on. Thus, he did not fully understand God and his character. If you understand God's character, you know he couldn't do certain things. That people don't know God, they just know a scripture or two and come to church and go home and never change. That ain't going to help you. You've got to know what God thinks like, what he functions in. And he always honors faith. 
See, he always honors faith. He's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. I said to somebody one time who had cancer, I said, if you let the devil beat you up, you're whipped. But if you'll get in God's word and stay tuned to that and keep your mind in the arena of faith, you'll beat the tar out of him, out of the devil. But if he can pull you into that mental arena, you might as well order the flowers. I was just honest with the person. And they beat it. Even had a doctor on TV verifying that they beat it. Hallelujah. Job believed, as did most Old Testament saints, that God was a terrible God who sat up in heaven looking for things to do to people. Now, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of our churches think like that. Anything that happens to humans in their congregation, they can't even tell whether that's God or the devil. You know, all you got to have is one verse. You know, I'm going to give you about 15 in just a minute. And I may not spend as much time on all of them because of my time. But if you've got time to sit, I've got time to teach. And I guarantee you haven't heard all this unless you've studied Job like I have for 40 years. All right, thank you, sir. I will go ahead. <laughs> this limited revelation caused Job to say things about God that was not true. All right. It was Satan who was causing all of Job's trouble. I'm going to show you that out of your own Bible. But it was God who blessed him with twice as much. It's just simple scripture. We're going to look at all this from the Bible. And then this last part is really important. Many people misquote 2 Timothy 3.16. You don't need to put that up yet. 2 Timothy 3.16. And I'm just reading here. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. That is not what it says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. If events and statements made by people were recorded as they were said or as they took place, then that is given by inspiration of God. It does not necessarily uh, mean that what they said, for example, Ananias and Sapphira told a lie to Peter in Acts 5, but they were not inspired by God to tell that lie, were they? Tell me if they were. No. <laughs> Wake up. Come on. Smell the coffee with me. But God inspired Luke, who authored the book of Acts, to record it as it really happened. So we're going to see some things in the book of Job See, and you need to get spiritual enough to discern not only the book of Job, the whole Bible. If something is stated about God and he's not the guilty party, then maybe they were saying that out of ignorance in their own heart. I just told you he was written way back in Abraham's day. I don't know why it's so far up in our Bible. I'm not, I don't have to explain that to you, but I'm just telling you in my studies, Job lived about the time of Abraham, which is even 430 years before the law, I think. So, you know, you got to rightly divide some things. It was given, the authors wrote things that were said by the people in the Bible, though what they said was not truth. Yes, sir. They lied about God. Hmm. A lot of people lie about God. Yes, God put this on me to teach me something. <laughs> You're getting close to heresy and getting close to uh, blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You make fun of people speaking in tongues. Look out. Yeah, I came out of all that nonsense. I didn't make fun of people spoken tongues, but the church I went to did. Talk about getting cursed, blaming blaming the Holy Ghost, blaming the devil for on the Holy Ghost and stuff like that. Just craziness. All right, so let's start in our study today. Hit it. Okay, study to show thyself approved. 
Unto God, I want to do what Jordan does because he puts them up and I talked to him and I said, put these up. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Notice you have to study. Yes, sir. You can't just read your Bible and all of a sudden get it by osmosis. You know, when I was a kid, because I was a kid and wanted to get by with what I could do, they had a little envelope they gave us in our class. Did you read your Bible this week? Check that box. I read something, maybe one scripture. I didn't study a bit. It didn't ask me if I studied. It said I'd read it. How much are you giving today? 25 cents. My mother would give me a quarter or a nickel or a dime. But see, just, just because I read something doesn't mean I studied it. Study to show yourself approved unto God, not other people. It's my job to help you as other people because that's my role as a prophet. Part of my fivefold ministry role to help you to grow up, to mature in Ephesians 4. You follow me? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just helping you. A workman, so it takes work to study. That's why a lot of people don't want to. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, think of that, rightly dividing the word of truth. So if it could rightly be divided, you'd have to study to rightly divide it. It's easy to wrongly divide it by not studying. You take something at face value and say, well, the Bible says, well, it said that, but that's not true about God. You know, in, in the script, or the comment I made earlier about Ananias and Sapphira, they conspired together to lie to the Holy Ghost, and it says Satan filled their heart to lie. <laughs> See, if you don't believe God, you'll believe the devil sometimes, or what your friends tell you. Boy, Job had a struggle. He had a battle axe wife and three goofy friends. Oh, my gosh. You don't need the devil if you've got people like that around you. <clears throat> rightly, I'm serious. I buried my friends over people. You can run with people that are in unbelief. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Can you see if you don't study, doesn't mean you have to be a theologian. I don't consider myself that. I feel like I have sound doctrine. Hallelujah. Are you listening? But you need to study with somebody like myself. That's why I'm going to give you all these scriptures. If you want to learn, you can learn. You're not going to get this on CNN. You're probably not even going to get it on most of the channels on TV that preach the gospel, they say. All right, next scripture. This is one of my favorites, unfortunately. But as in also all his epistles, this is Peter writing about Paul, speaking in his letters. The epistles are not the wives of the apostles. The epistles are the letters written to the church. And the letters written to the church should be the majority of your study time, the majority of your meditation time, because that's the only part of the Bible, listen carefully, that shows you what you are in Christ. Even the Gospels just allude one or two things to that, but even just barely, because they were still under that old covenant. Did you ever realize Jesus had his followers, you know, the 12? And they would say some of the goofiest things you'd ever imagine. And the Lord said to Peter one time, I rebuke you, Satan, get behind me. Ten minutes earlier, he was saying he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And ten minutes later, he's and not so, Lord. And he said, I rebuke you, Satan, get behind me. So he was led of the Lord at one moment, then led of Satan the next. But why? Because they were spiritually dense. If you follow in Acts, they will talk to each other and say, that's what the master meant when he said thus and such. You can spend your whole life in Leviticus if you want, but you're not going to get anywhere. You can spend your whole life in Malachi. 
But if you're smart, you're gonna, you need to get in the passages and the scriptures that reveal to you and me who we are in Christ because that's where we are. Whether you know it or not, I don't know. I've tried to teach you, and even Jordan's taught you some, but we're in Christ, so I need to study the scriptures that indicate what I am in him. Not out of him. So Paul, Peter is talking about Paul. He said some things hard to be understood. Didn't say it was impossible. Are you listening? <laughs> well, I don't want to spend the time to do that. Well, then that's why you go to church like this, so we can help you. I'm trying to help. It says some things hard to be, not impossible to understand, which they that are unlearned, they that are unlearned, I've had people, preachers, argue with me about the car I drive. Not the one I presently had, the one I had 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Because they want to drive an old rattle trap, and they were mad at me about prosperity. And I said, well, I didn't rob from anybody. I didn't steal money from the church. God blessed me with this car. What's the matter with you? Well, I don't believe in prosperity. Well, I feel sorry for you. Somebody bought me a car, a $30,000 car, brought the keys in to me. Donna's witness of that. I didn't ask him for a car. didn't ask you. Uh, brought the keys in and said, here's the key to these, this brand new car sitting out of the overhang. It's yours. All you got to do is go down to the dealership and sign it over. We've already paid. It's $30,000. And we don't want a tax write-off either. Whew, what kind of people are those? Really good people. Anyway. No, and, and see, here's my immaturity. And I went to the bathroom after I got the car and started crying. God, I'm going to sell it and give it to the missionary. He said, stop that crying. I don't know. God does like crying when it's the right reason, but he don't like it when you bellyache and act goofy. He said, I gave you the car to bless you, Michael. Drive the car. Don't sell it and give it to the missionary. You already give them thousands of dollars every month. I appreciate your heart. Stop that crying. I'm trying to bless you, and you're being a poor receiver. That's why some of you never get any further, because you're poor receivers. I'm not, I'm not trying to teach on prosperity. I guess I drifted over to it. <laughs> Which they that are unlearned. What was wrong with that preacher yelling at me because I had a nice car? I didn't steal the money. I didn't hold up a bank. I didn't ask you for anything. One family in this church that were not in ministry, they were, they, when they went to this church, they cleaned the restrooms. Got a large inheritance from one of their parents and wanted to buy me a new car because they saw what I drove. I didn't complain about what I drove in front of them. Never complained about any of it. <laughs> See, they were unlearned and trying to fight me. But I bet if I said, well, you want my car? I'm, yeah, give me the keys. <laughs> See, people just play games with your head. You've got to watch people. They're kind of deceitful. They, with your unlearned and unstable, they're not stable because they don't have any word in them. Jesus said, if you'll dig deep and lay the foundation on the rock, which is him and the new covenant, then when storms come, and they'll come. I mean, storms are coming, baby, whether you like it or not. There's storms coming in your life. If you don't learn how to weather them and rebuke them and get through them, they take you out. Okay. Unlearned and unstable wrestle as they do also the other scriptures <laughs> unto their own destruction. Can you? The Bible's given not to destroy us but to enlighten us. See, when you rightly divide the word, light will come. But you have to be open to fresh light or new light or a new, new sequence of things that maybe you hadn't thought about before. 
especially with Job. All right, go to the next scripture for me. This is called, this is the next one is John 10, 10. And uh, I think it is. Maybe I got something out of order. There we go. The thief, that's not God. That's not Jesus. That's not the Holy Ghost. The thief, which would be the devil, because he's a thief, he's a stealer. He's a manipulator. He comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That takes in everything. And I, when something comes to my life and is trying to steal from me or kill me or to destroy me, I know immediately that's not God. You know, God knows me. And, you, and he knows you. And if you'll listen, he'll talk to you. And if you're going through a storm, he'll show you how to deal with it. First thing I do is bind the devil because I know he's the one behind it. See, you, you, you got to be careful not to judge everything in the natural. There's spiritual forces that work in this planet all the time, good and evil. All right. So when something comes to steal from us, kill us or destroy us, that's not God. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Greek says, till it overflows. Where the, and it's not talking about biological life, just breathing. It's talking about spiritual life that carries us through life, that enhances us in life, that gives us the mysteries of God in a clear way. Where we know how to talk. We know how to think. We know how to believe. We know how to believe out of our heart, not out of our head. Am I helping you yet? We're just getting started, really. These three scriptures I just revealed, 2 Timothy, 2 Peter, John, they, they give you the mystery of rightly dividing at least some level of it from these verses here, especially John 10, 10. I call it the dividing line in the Bible. Anything that comes to your life to kill, steal, or destroy is not from God. God is not trying to decrease you. <laughs> God is trying to increase you. Not just money. In every your ability to think, and ability to think clearly, ability to make good decisions, ability to talk, ability to receive from him. Learn to be a good receiver. And realize that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Okay, I'm ready to start uh, down here. I already mentioned... That in the book of Job, I didn't mention this yet. It's Abraham's time. I did mention that. The book of Job only lasted about nine months. And he got back in faith, prayed for his friends. He got delivered and lived another 140 years. I don't know how people, I don't know how people can't read. You, you don't have to be brilliant just to read the Bible. And he lived, had a lifetime before the 140 because we're going to get into it in the first couple of chapters. He had about seven sons, ten, you know, three daughters or something like that. Had thousands of sheep and cattle. He was the most wealthiest man in the East in his day. Had a large spread, had a lot of servants, had a lot of children, had a lot of stuff. Are you listening? Yeah. So his, all the sickness that we read about, we're going to see it, only lasted nine months. And he had a lifetime before, before the sickness came. Enough to at least birth nine or ten children and be married to this lady and have a large group of animals and livestock that he'd accumulated. So I don't know how old he was exactly when that happened. But he, he went through that for nine months and then God gave him another 140 years at the end of Job. He's going to tell, he saw his children's 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 children. 
So I don't know how people think Job was sick his whole life. That's a lie. I've been sick. You've been sick. You ever have the flu or ever have anything? You're down for 10 days, two days, three days, a week. Maybe you had surgery, you're down for six months, but you're alive today. And you're 70 years old and you only missed six months. Come on now. Think with me. What about Job? That poor lady doing the trach thing. Bless her darling heart. I'm glad she got something. I don't know if she kept it because you can't keep what you don't know how to take and hold it. But anyway, I'm glad she got something. Okay, so let's go on to Job 1. Let's go to Job 1. I, I think you've got to pull it up for me. I'm, it's probably already up on the screen. Job chapter 1, I'm going to read some things to you here. I'll skip around a little for time's sake. Is that on the wall how long I've been preaching? Yes, sir? Yeah, okay, I'm just checking. Yeah, I'm not real familiar with that deal. There was a man in the land of Uz, not Oz, <laughs> whose name was Job. And it'd be something, they make a movie, and instead of the wizard, uh, Oz, Job steps out. I'm Job. <laughs> <laughs> whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God to skew deal. Well, now, so far, he's got a really good report. You know, and you could think, well, how could anything happen to a guy like that? And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Keep going with me. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, this is an important verse, mark it in your head or on your paper. It was so that when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, and here's where you start seeing a decline in him. It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So what was the problem? He began to be in fear about his children. You wouldn't have to do that continually. You could do it once and settle it. What if you do something once and settle it and, and your children act like they're not going to something? Well, you just stand with what you've already done. You stay in faith. If you're any kind of faith person. I remember the New Testament, I'm not going to, it's in Hebrews, you know, through faith and patience we receive the promises. Not just faith, faith and patience. Some things I've been believing for for over 30 years in my own personal life, and they're coming. We just sang about it. Every word he spoke to me is coming to pass. Okay, but so uh, then it goes on and on. Let me see where I want to go to. Uh, Go on to, let me find my reference here. I'm going to skip some of this. It tells about all the stuff that happened, how all these kids, you know, a fire came. It says the fire of God in Job 1 later. But if you check it out in the Hebrew, it doesn't say that. It says the fire, a great fire came. It didn't say it was from God. That burned up the houses of his children, burned up all of his flocks. And it was, cons one thing happened, then another thing happened, then you ever been there? One thing, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, my gosh. I've been there several times in my life. I just think all hell had been thrown at me. What would you do? I stood. Did you ever want to cave in? Sure, I did. I'm human. But I made the determination I wasn't going to do it. I just kept standing. I'm still standing today. I'm going to be 70 in two months. Just talking. 
You just stand your ground. You do everything perfect, Michael? No, I sure you. No, you didn't either, did you? Now get up and I'll pray for your lion head. Okay. No, I'm trying to be funny, but trying to be real with you. But but it, all this tragedy happened to him. And let's go to let's go to Job one. Let me find my reference. Twenty one and twenty two is what I want to get to, and see what this is all about here. Job one twenty one twenty two. In all this, Job. Well, run it back to twenty one for me, if you could do that. I'm sorry. Huh? You don't have it. Okay, well, let me read it from the Bible. I'll leave that up, verse 22. But verse uh, 21 said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. That's true. You ever see anybody come out in a suit? I haven't. (laughs) Or dress? No. And naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Now, I read that one day many years ago, the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I said, Lord, I found him in a lie. I'd like you to talk to me about this. And because the next verse says, listen to me, in all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Well, he did. Are you listening to me? All right. So let's understand this. It was true that Job said that. But what he said was not truth, though he thought it was. Does that make sense? See, from his perspective, because he was limited spiritually, and he wasn't Abraham for sure. But I'm I'm not making fun. The man was, uh, you know, very wealthy at one time. Now he's losing everything. But he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord take away. I found out. Let me just tell you what I found out. First of all, I'm going to give you two more scriptures in a minute. Uh, you could pull that Romans one up. You have Romans back there, Romans 5. We're going to look at that. Yeah, but see, I said to the Lord, Lord, do you take people? He said, no, I, all the people I took, I took them spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. The Bible says he took Enoch and he took Elijah. And you go to the book of Revelation, those two men are still alive, but they went up body, soul, and spirit. They didn't have no funeral, wasn't no body. If he takes you, you're going up that way. People got to watch what they say. See, people just talk freely. Oh, the Lord took him. The Lord needed another angel. People don't become angels. Where'd you get that? Angels don't become men. See, we just not, we haven't paid attention. And those two men, if you follow the book of Revelation, I'm not going to teach you out of that right now, but they're going to come back and die on this planet just like all of us had to do. They're going to have to do someday. Doesn't mean you'd have to die sick. And you certainly don't got to die early. Hey, come on with it. That's what I'm going for. So I said, I've caught him in a line. The Lord gave me this scripture and the other one. This is the one. For until the law, sin was in the world. Now, when was, when was uh, Job's time? I've told you it's Abraham's time. Was the law in place yet? Nope. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed or held against you when there is no law. You're not held accountable for what you don't know. You wouldn't believe people with the, with the brain would say this to me. And some people say, I'm not going to go to your church because you teach too much. And I want to go to this church over here. They don't teach nothing at all. So I'm not going to have to be responsible. I said, you're going to be responsible for that attitude you got, son, lady. Go on over there and be ignorant if you want. But you're going to be responsible for talking to me like that. I'm doing my best to feed the sheep. 
and you're acting like I'm doing something terrible and like you're off the hook because you didn't hear anything. All right. So Job, listen to me. Job, God didn't hold it against him because he was ignorant. <laughs> Give me the one in James, please, back there, James 4. <clears throat> Therefore to him that knoweth to do good... You know, if you've been taught correctly here from the Bible, which we've endeavored to do, I, I believe this is the 34th year. We passed it in April, April 15th, 1985. I started this church, me and the Lord and my wife. So that's 34 years ago. We've taught you the Bible. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. So if we teach you something and then you refuse to obey that, if it's the Bible... Then, brother and sister, you're in trouble. But notice what it says, to him that knoweth. See, Job didn't know God like we know him. He didn't have the Holy Ghost like we have. He didn't know nothing about praying in tongues. Oh, my gosh. He certainly didn't have the book of Hebrews. He certainly didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John even. He didn't even have Malachi. All that came later, after the days of Abraham. That's way back, several thousand years back in history from where we're at today. So you are held responsible for what you know, but why would you want to stay ignorant? Because the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why would somebody want to be ignorant of supernatural things? You don't, I mean, I, I'm all for education and universities and colleges and getting a good degree in your field of endeavor. Of course I am. But you don't get stuff like what we teach here at those places. <laughs> they don't know nothing about it. Even some might know. And what you get is you get all the, or you got an uncle or a grandma or somebody at Thanksgiving acts like she's all that and knows everything. And she, she doesn't even tithe and she don't even go to church regularly. <laughs> I can give you scriptures for that too. But, you know, there's things, the Bible says in Timothy, those that talk like they know a bunch and they don't know whereof they say, what they're saying or what they affirm. They don't even understand that. They just a big shot, they think. They're going to tell you their theology about stuff. Well, I want to know what his theology says yeah. about things. I don't teach you something just I'm thinking. I tell you something I know that's in the Bible so you could rightly divide it for yourself and see it for yourself in your own Bible. I'm still talking about Job. So that's why God said that he didn't sin and he didn't charge God foolishly. Then let's go to chapter 2 here. Let me go to chapter 2, 6 and 7. I think you got that. And he, he took him a pot shirt. Wait a minute. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. Some people have acted like God turned Job over to Satan. That's not true. That's not true. Are you listening? Yeah. Job, through his fear, had turned himself over to Satan. The only thing God did is said, you can't take his life. So he intervened at that point, you're not going to kill him. But you know, even God can't defend you when you do things wrong. Okay. I don't know if you're catching all this. It's a lot of theology in here that goes cross-grained to what Grandma told you, I know. <laughs> People want to be sick, they claim Job and Paul's thorn. I'm going to show you, I've already told you, the man lived, had a lengthy life already, plus 140 years on it, and God gave him a new wife, thank God. Between his wife and his friends, they almost killed him. Who needs friends like that? 
God is not putting sickness and disease on you to teach you anything. And don't act like people don't believe that. I saw on the 6 o'clock news in the last two years a guy standing in front of a burned house that lost his wife and three kids and his pastor standing by him. And they asked him, the news people asked the pastor, well, we don't know why God did this. I wanted to slap them all. I couldn't reach them. <laughs> Get that guy, shut him up. Pastor, you don't even know nothing. I'm telling that guy that God took his wife and kids and killed them. God's not out killing wives and kids. Get your head up out of the sand and think with me. God is a good God. He's never been a bad God. He's not confused. He's not schizophrenic. All right. So Satan went forth. Who went forth? From the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And then go on with me a little bit. And he himself took a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes and said to his wife, and then said to his wife, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. Well, you don't need somebody like that. Ah, curse God and die. I know that sounds. Can you put some AC on somebody in here? It's getting hot. But he said, No, it is getting hot. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. And I'd say some foolish men too. What shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord? He acknowledged the good he got was from the Lord. He had enough sense to say that. That's about all the sense he had right then. And shall he, we not receive evil? Now, let, I, I want to read another verse in a minute. We see receive evil. Remember that word evil. In all this did Job sin. In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Next verse. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil... Remember the word evil in just a minute. Uh, that was come upon him. They came every one of his own place, Ephelaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shumite, and Zophar the so-and-so, for they had made an appointment together to come mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice. He looked so bad, and they wept, and they rent everyone in their mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days, seven nights, and none spake a word unto him. How are you going to comfort somebody without talking? <laughs> For they saw that his grief was very great. After this, now look at this. After, after his wife got done with him and his buddies. After this, opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. He's starting to fall away from God now. Now, let's go. Let me see here. Hang on just a second here. Let me see what I did here. He's told, talked terribly all through the third chapter about himself early on. And I want to take you to James. Do you have James back there for me, sir? James 1, 12 through 17. Now, I want you to remember we're talking about evil. That word evil, you know, and, and the people say God did that to Job. Job lived back in Abraham's day. He didn't know what James says. He didn't know what Jesus would teach us. Okay? It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, Neither tempteth he any man, and I'm going to add this, with evil. <laughs> Why would God do that? that see, that, that's, 
we're in the new covenant because the new covenant, understand what I'm saying, I believe the whole Bible, but the new covenant trumps the old covenant. Yes. It's more revelatory. It's more, more light to it, more expression to it, more understanding comes in that new covenant that was ever not in the old covenant. Okay, so we see then right there, hang on just on that, the light show here for a minute, that the evil couldn't have been from God because God doesn't use evil to tempt people. I've had people say to me, well, my brother-in-law, he, he didn't have anything for God. He got in a car wreck and lost his left foot and he repented and got saved and he said, thank God for the car wreck. I said, you gave the wrong person credit. God would have been there before the car wreck if he'd had enough sense to ask him. I know you can get help when you're in a crisis because you beg him and you cry and you get serious about things, but that's no way to live. That's living in crisis. When are we going to live by faith? What about faith? I mean, it's coming. I'm going to teach you more about it. Next week I'm going to talk about Paul. But we've got to get this settled about Job because... Normally when I talk to people that don't know anything, they've been church taught but not word taught. They've been religiously brainwashed. If I go to pray for them, well, what about Job? I say, well, you've got an hour? I'll talk to you about him. No, I don't have an hour. you got 15 minutes? I can abbreviate. No. Well, then just have to keep your sick. I mean, well, Helen, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ellen Ziegler. She asked me to go pray for a teenager. I was praying for Michael in that hospital, and she said a friend of mine's got a son over in the hospital across the street downtown Louisville. There's about seven or eight hospitals joined, and he's got cancer. And I wondered if you'd go pray for him. I said, what makes you think he's going to receive from me? What about his parents? What do they believe? Well, I don't know about them, but they're friends of mine. Would you go? I said, I'll go if you'll go with me. Remember that day? And I walked over there with Helen, went with me, went through the, went under the street or over the street or around the moon or something. Anyway, we got over to, <laughs> I got in the room and his dad, he didn't seem happy to see me at all, the boy's dad. And the mother, I'm not sure where she was at. They didn't say, they didn't seem very happy to see anybody. And I said, son, I only got a few minutes, but you don't have to be sick. I heard you have cancer in your stomach or something like that. And he said, yes, sir. I said, you don't have to have that. I can pray for you and God will heal you. I only got a few minutes here. I, I told a couple of scriptures. Were you in there with me or just Helen? It's Helen. And, you know, I read a couple of scriptures to him or quoted them. I said, what's it going to be, son? I got to go. I can lay hands on your prayer. I can just walk away if you don't want it. No, I want it. Pray for me. I laid hands on him. God totally healed that boy of cancer. Is that right, Jim? I mean, he later died of something else, I told, but he lived for several years there, not with that cancer. It took me about 10 minutes. But see, people are open. I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember Helen Cherry. She used to come here a long time ago. Her dad was named Samuel. <laughs> he was one of my favorite people in all the world, kind of like a Bert. But when I met him, uh, Helen said, would you go pray for my daddy? I said, well, what's wrong with him? Well, he's dying with uh, lung problems. He's in the Scottsburg Hospital. I went up to see him went down that long corridor. He was in the last room on the right, walked in and said, hey, uh, I'm, Doc, I'm Pastor Jacobs, and Helen asked me to come see you and said, yeah, I can't, can't breathe very good. I said, well, listen, uh, I can pray for you. God will heal your lungs. I, I, he said, go ahead, preacher. I laid hands on him. God healed him. He said, man, I can breathe good. I said, do you want to receive Jesus? I said, I sure do. I led him in a sinner's prayer. He received Jesus. He got a member of my church. 
75 years old when, I got, when he got him healed. The guy was just phenomenal. Lived for God the rest of his life. A tree fell on him one day. Bruised the whole side of his body. He came to church like that. Walking kind of stove up. And his face was black. And he was 78 or 9 then. He said, pray for me, preacher. Kind of like a Bert. Remember Bert? You don't want to forget Bert. Hey, preacher, pray for my corns. You know, that's Bert. He's a trip. But Samuel was a good man, and he was something. And he got healed from that tree hitting him, too, falling on him. So, but see, people are open. Sometimes they're not open. Remember the lady with the trach and other people I could tell you want to argue. I can't help them. They want to argue with me. So we saw, we see from this that temptation comes when you're drawn away your own lust. And when that conceives, you know, so forth and so on. Read, go up with it a little 15 seconds. Then when lust is conceived, brings forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Verse 17, every good gift, you ought to write that. If you're going to get a tattoo, put that on you. Gosh. Don't get a tattoo. You're going to violate Scripture. But if you want to violate it, put that Scripture on you. Every good, perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights. And this is kind of religious talk, with whom is no variableness. It's, he's not about to change. That's my interpretation of that. But you've got to remember every good gift. So if it comes into my life and it's not good, it doesn't edify me, it doesn't help me, it doesn't promote me, it doesn't strengthen me, it doesn't heal me, it doesn't deliver me, it doesn't embrace me, it doesn't comfort me. That's not God. That's the devil. And a lot of it's caused by the people you run with. Just to let you know that, I've just observed people over the years. So I know it's quiet right now. It's okay. I can handle it. So I'm trying to teach you the evil doesn't come from God. Okay, where am I at? Go to Job 3, and let's look at verse 25 and 26. I'm doing pretty good. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. You see that? Oh, that's on the board, isn't it? Yeah. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and they, that which I was afraid of is coming to me. See, when, that's why I tell you, get rid of all the fear in your life. If, you, if you're fearful about something, find the scriptures that guarantee the positive of that and start confessing that and believing that and saying that. Psalm 91 is a great passage. I like it, but, I mean, 2 Timothy 4 17 and 18 is one of my favorites of all the Bible. You know, the Lord delivers me, personal, from every evil work. That's not in my writing, so they don't have it. But you could take that, 2 Timothy 4, 17. Or you could read Psalm 91. You could read, I'm one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 27. Man, what a psalm. I was reading that last night. Anyway, get fear out of your life. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Then I would look up scriptures that deal with what about that. And then put the scripture on that and put that in your mouth and put that in your heart, put it in your mouth and keep saying it. See, I didn't know this when I first got saved. I would have been almost 10 years ahead. But I've been saying some things for 30 years. Every day. Every day. <laughs> and I don't have to have an audience to do that. I can do that by myself in my vehicle, in the shower, my bedroom, my office, walking. 
I pay attention to it. I make sure that I say what I need to say because saying is an important issue. But Job got in fear and noticed a thing which I greatly feared. What did he fear? His, kill, his children were going to curse God and die, and they did. <laughs> he should have said, I'm going to make sacrifice for them, and Father, you're going to keep them in the thing. You're going to keep them. <laughs> or something the opposite of that. And he... And now he's lost all of his children, all of his property, all of his cattle. He says, that which I was afraid of has come unto me. You know, fear draws things to you just like faith does. Faith draws the blessings of God, the promises of God. We say no promise will fail, I think, today. And uh, it brings all the Find the promises in the word that covers your case and begin to confess that. I'm talking about you personally. I can't. I can't sometimes do everything for everybody, and you can't either. Wise to know that, because you want to live frustrated. But you can control your own destiny. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet. Man, yeah, we see that, Job. Yet trouble came. See, he's beginning to understand that fear has brought these things on him. All right, I'm not quite done yet. Let's go to Job. uh, Fear, I wrote down, fear opens the door to the devil. Job 6, 23. And we see him here, Job 6, 23, 24. He's beginning to get a little bit of light, just a little, or deliver me from the enemy's hand. Now listen, now this is the first time that's come up that I know. Deliver me from the enemy's hand, not from God's hand. Redeem me from the hand of the mighty. Because at that point in his life, he was so beat up with sickness and disease and his wife yapping and his friends yapping. I'm sure God puts you through this to teach you something or whatever else nonsense. I didn't get a chance to read the whole book of Job to you. You could do some homework yourself. You can see what they said is all nonsense according to the scripture, uh, the New Testament. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. See, he's beginning to get a little glimmer that maybe I'm in error here. Well, we just read you James, and it said, don't be in error, my beloved. He didn't know James was in the Bible, but he's starting to see some things a little different in the sixth chapter. He still suffers through the rest of the book, but he begins to see a little bit here. Let me see where I'm at here, what else I got here. In fact, let's just go on to Job 42. I think you have that, don't you, sir? Okay, put up Job 42, and I'm going to show you what happened. I'm trying to condense this, and, you know, I've taught on Job many times, never this elaborately, to give you more weaponry in your pistol, more ammunition. You know, now, I'm not violent with people, but people bring that Job and Paul's thorn. I'll ask them, would you be open to listen to me a minute or not? No? Okay, I see you. Because I know if they're thinking like that, you're not going to be healed. Maybe one in a thousand if I'm in a certain setting like in a a mental hospital. I've been there a couple times to help people. I just, my faith overran them right then at that moment. They were just full of the devil and I just said, come out of them. (coughs) Something came out. And and I said, go in there and act right and they'll let you go in a couple days. And they let him go in three days. Oh, yeah. But in that case, is unusual. That's not the norm. I need a little bit of faith from people on their side of it that they're going to believe for something. Yes, sir. 
Remember the prophet in the Old Testament? And they had captured this Israeli girl that became a minister of helps to the woman of the home, naming the general of, I think, Syria. And he had leprosy. And the little maid girl said to the, the lady, said, if you could just get him over to Israel, there's a prophet there which could recover him of his sickness. So he must have been known to have a healing ministry. I have a healing ministry. And I want to show you something. So he got his stuff. He got a bunch of stuff to give the prophet. It wasn't a time to receive gifts. The prophet said, I'm not taking that. He didn't even come down to see him. His associate went down and said the guy from the general from, well, he wrote a letter to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel went, wrote a letter to the prophet, do something. And he came, knocked on the door, and he sent his servant down, tell him to go dip in the Jordan seven times. And he infuriated him. He's a general. He's been a gen He's a war, war veteran, you know, with all the ribbons and stuff on him. And his lieutenant said, hey, boss, listen, if he asks you to do something difficult... I mean, he asked you to do something difficult you've done. He just wants you to go down, dip seven times in the river. I know, but the rivers of our country, and he names them, are cleaner than the Jordan. And finally, his lieutenant prevailed on him. What am I saying? He responded in faith to do what the prophet of God said. Yes. You've got to have cooperation. Some people think, well, the prophet can do it. He can't do anything without your help in some cases. You've got to have believing. I mean, Jesus even, he's the prophet, isn't he? He's the prophet of all prophets. And he said to the blind man that came to him, uh, can you help us? We're blind. He said, well, can you believe it? Yeah. Said, according to your faith. Yes. Not according to my power, but according to your faith, take it. And their eyes were open. So we know they had faith, and they used their faith to get to Jesus. And he touched them, and they were healed. Mm -hmm. My point is you have to learn to respond just because something's anointed somebody. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Father. Okay. Who is he that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered, this is Job talking, speaking to God. Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. A lot of people do that. They say things that they understand not, and it confuses everybody else. I'm talking to you here. Therefore I have uttered that I understood not things too wonderful of me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Keep going. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. That's what most people's issues are. I've heard about it, but now my eye seeth. In other words, I'm getting revelation of who you are, God. You listening to me? Therefore, I abhor myself. In other words, he, he said, man, I've really messed up. And I repent in dust and ashes. And you know... That's, leave that at seven up a minute. But you know, you might need to do some repenting if you've been thinking God is the heavy in your life. God is not trying to put you through the ringer. That's the devil. God is trying to help you to prevail. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. I'm saying something to prevail over things that come against you. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not comfortable on your flesh. I'm talking to you as a real person right now. But you just have to buck it up. Man up. Woman up. And live for God. Live by faith. And maybe you need to repent over some things that you've been thinking that hadn't been exactly right. If you're about thinking that God is doing this to you, he can't help you when you think that. All right. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to his friends, my wrath is kindled against you too and against your other two friends. For you have not spoken to me the thing which is right. 
See, Job recognized he hadn't spoken what was right. Now God is straightening out Job about his friends. He said he had spoken what was right, as my servant Job hath. He just a few verses for that Job said something right. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks, seven rams, go to thy servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept. Why? Because he repented and he said to God, I said things about you that I didn't understand, and I'm sorry, and I repent, in sackcloth and ashes. That just means he was serious about it. Put on an old sack and throw ashes on his head. That was their way of being humble in that day. And going around, people see you, you know, you, you, you repented. We don't do all that today. We just say, Father, forgive me. But he says, I want you to offer a burnt offering. My servant Job will pray for you. For him while I accept, least I deal with you after your folly, and that you have not spoken to me the thing which is right like my servant Job. Okay, so they, the guys got together, and they, as the Lord had commanded them, the Lord also accepted Job. Uh, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job, the captivity of what? The devil having him in captivity. When he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. And if you study chapter 1, you know he had a bunch. Then came there unto him all his brethren, his sisters, and all that had been of his acquaintance before, and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord. Now, now the Lord didn't bring evil, but that's the way they're thinking. See, I said when I read the little comments in the beginning, a lot of the Old Testament saints thought God did everything. Trouble is, the modern church, 2019, thinks anything that comes must be God. Well, that's not right. There's a dividing line, John 10 and 10. Okay, let's see where I was I here. All the, all the, over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Now, they're not being judged because they didn't know all that back then that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. He called the name of the first uh, Jemima and the name of the second Kezia and the name of the third, I can't pronounce it, and in all the land were no woman found so fair as the daughters of Job and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons, his sons, sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. That term full of days means he's blessed. Like Abraham when he was old. Now I got one more scripture here. You can get your stuff back. Let me give you one last scripture and then I'm going to pray for some people. Jeremiah 32, I've been here an hour, 59 minutes and 8 seconds talking to you. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. He's the God of all flesh. He's the God of all flesh. He's the God of all flesh. Top of your head to the soles of your feet and everything in between, all the organs, the bones, all the chemical stuff that goes on, electrical stuff that goes on proper hormone release and yada, 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 digestive systems, all that. Is there anything too hard for me? Question my God saying, uh, Jeremiah there. I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And the answer is no. The answer is no. Now, you, I want to say this in closing. I'm going to pray for you today if you need healing. But I want to say this too. The meeting this week will be different than today. 
I probably won't be preaching near this long unless I need to, but I don't, I don't plan to. Uh, it's a, more of a camp meeting type atmosphere. It's not a Sunday morning service. And a lot of the things I share will be shared to you as the body of Christ, the body of the anointed one. But we'll also have preachers here. And I will minister to them and to you accordingly. And I believe the power of God's going to fall on us this week. And you, you don't have to be a preacher to come. You, every believer is welcome to come. I want you to come if you want to come. Hear me. I, what are you teaching? I don't know yet. I got about four things rolling around in here. And God will stop it where I need to say, observe it. And, you know, I've been praying a long time about it. And then our mentoring class on Thursday morning. You don't have to be in full-time ministry to come to that either if you want to come. I'll probably have a joint like a two-session service on Friday morning. No praise and worship, I mean Thursday morning, no praise and worship in the morning, but there will be praise and worship every night. Hallelujah. Did you learn anything about Job? You know, God's a good God. I guess I could have said that and just let you go home. God's a good God. God bless you. But I think some of the explanation that comes out of the book of Job, if you'll read it with an open mind, that Job said a lot of things that were not true, but he thought that was true based on his level of spirituality at that point. Like I said, he wasn't an Abraham. I mean that in a respectful but little bit derogatory way. Abraham was a pretty sharp person, and even he lied. You know, so I'm just talking to you here. But Job seemed like he really got caught in the crosshairs with God because he attributed what he went through to God when God didn't do it. Satan went out and smote him and killed his children. God's not out killing people. He's not a murderer. We put people in prison if we catch them for that. Rightfully so. I wouldn't serve a God that was like that. You know, God is love. He's never been hate. In the Old Testament, he dealt with people a little different because they didn't understand that spirit world. Are you listening? But when you go back and see from the New Testament looking back, you see that the people are the problem that got themselves in trouble because they disobeyed God over something. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of guys captured the covenant. Captured the covenant. They captured the Ark of the Covenant. Thought, praise God, we got it made now, and it brought all kinds of problems to them. They set it in their temple with Dagon. That was their god, and that thing fell over, broke the head off. They took super glue and put it back on, and the next time it shattered it to the to the core. And they said, "My God, come and get this thing from us." See, because they, they weren't thinking right. They were thinking of using the power of God for selfish means. And I think it was Obed-Edom came and took it or ended up in his house, the house of Obed-Edom. That's his funny name, but that was him. And it said the Lord blessed everything he had for the several months it stayed at his home because he was right towards God. He loved God. Talking about the Ark of the Covenant. A couple of guys thought they'd try to help God and study that cart is going to fall off, and they died for it because they weren't anointed to touch it. <laughs> We're just talking about some things. God's not out hurting people. He's trying to help everybody. You interpret things in light of the new covenant, you'll be safe. You don't, you'll be in trouble. Hallelujah. I believe in looking in the Old Testament, but I don't live there. 
I don't live there. I'm not a gimmick. I'm not going to sell you a prayer shawl to make you more spiritual. All it does is cover you up. It isn't going to make you more spiritual. Or some holy oil from the river, from the Ohio River or something, you know. Yeah, I'm being serious. I don't do gimmicks. Anyway, praise God. Let's stand up together. Thank you, Father. Now, I will pray for you this